Congregation, our scripture passage for this afternoon is Proverbs chapter 29. Proverbs 29, and we'll be considering authority and in conjunction with Lord's Day 39 as well. Proverbs 29. He who is often rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. The king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives it bribes, overthrows it. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. By transgression, an evil man is snared. But the righteous sings and rejoices. The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge. Scoffers set a city aflame, but wise men turn away wrath. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright seek his well-being. A fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds him back. If a ruler pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. The poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. The king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. The rod and rebuke give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Correct your son, and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. You see a man hasty in his words. There is more hope for a fool than for him. He who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end. An angry man stirs up strife, and a furious man abounds in transgression. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. An unjust man is abomination to the righteous, and he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. So far from Proverbs chapter 29. We'll now read from Lord's Day 39, found on page 891 in the back of the Trinity Psalter hymnal. Lord's Day 39, question and answer 104. What is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? That I show honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and all those in authority over me. 
submit myself with proper obedience to all their good teaching and discipline, and also that I be patient with their failings, for by their hand God wills to rule us. A few years ago, as a dog owner and an avid dog walker, I did what I normally didn't do in the winter months, or maybe it was late fall, but in my morning walk, I let my Australian shepherd off leash, and he ran into an open area, and suddenly I look over there, and I see five or so other animals around him. And immediately, knowing the danger that my dog Chase was in from the coyotes that were there at the time, I called him back. And as I knew he was very well trained, he immediately came back. And I leashed him up and we continued our walk. But he was a dog under my authority, and he knew his voice, and when I called, he obeyed instantly. It could have been very different. But it was a blessing to him to have that instant obedience to his master's voice. Maybe unaware of the danger. It could have saved his life. And sometimes we think about authority. We think about whether it's authority of being under your parents' children. Or about authority in the workplace. Or authority in the church. Or authority in the state as something that we complain about. That we're not sure how exactly good it is for us. We kind of chafe. We rub against it. And wish maybe it were not there or lighter upon us. But this afternoon... I'd like to impress upon us that authority is God's gift to us. It's a blessing for our good. Just like in those moments, I don't know what dogs think, but their instincts are either to obey or to do their own thing. If my dog... Chase did the, his own thing. It could have not been well. When we do our own thing and spurn the authority structures, those that God has placed over us, when we don't have express guidance from the Word of God as far as obeying God rather than men, when they command what is wrong then it is very dangerous and doesn't end well. So authority is God's gift. And from the fifth commandment, we are called to 
appreciate and honor those in authority. And that's our theme this afternoon, honoring those in authority. From Proverbs 29, verse 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And then from Lord's Day 39 as well, we have three points. God ordains authority. Christ leads us to rejoice in authority. And the Spirit works submission. So firstly, God ordains authority. And from the text, from this book, Proverbs, and this particular chapter, 29, I would make the following points that, first of all, the righteousness that he demands in those who are in authority reflects his own character. Remember that God is the ultimate authority over all. Children, all of us were created and we all have our various structures. You were under your parents, your parents were under their parents, their parents were under their parents, and so on. And we were under various governments, various employers, various elders in the church. And there's always change. People rise and people fall. Nations rise and fall. Grandparents, great-grandparents, they die. And their children are those who follow in authority. But God never has his authority shaken. His authority is never ultimately he, he is the one, the only one, who has authority by virtue of who he is. He is God over all. And so when he looks for righteousness in those who are in authority, he is looking to see his own character reflected back to him. So this is why we pray for those in government office. That they would conduct themselves and that they would have laws that agree with God's truth that promote righteousness. And yes, we disagree profoundly with the direction of those that are over us in a, in a civil way. And we, to the very depths of our being, are grieved with what we hear being legislated. And we must remember God 
is over all. Our ultimate allegiance is not to the queen, not to the king, not to the prime minister, not to a political party, but to the Lord. But there is an honor that is due to those in authority by virtue of their position. So righteousness is our longing and it's God's desire that those who are placed over others would reflect the one who is greater than they are. When the righteous are in authority, when they are reflecting the one who sets the bar of right and wrong, it is well. So God is over all. But God has also ordained authority structures. He's given them to us. It has pleased him to not have him just directly legislating everything himself, but to put in position in human society, in the home, in the church, in the state, positions of leadership and rule. The Catechism says, for by their hand God wills to rule us. He has inserted this, he has ingrained it into the fabric of human society. But there would be those who can tell what laws will be made. That there will be those in the church who can be used to oversee the lives of the members and the doctrines of the church. Elders. That there would be those in the family who are heads of the house. So how does righteousness work itself out in the home? Well, sin is punished. We read of it numerous times in the book of Proverbs of the importance of the Father to administer discipline. Verse 3, whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice. And then later in the chapter, we read of the rod and rebuke, give wisdom. Not because it's a delight to punish. Or not because the father doesn't love the child. But because the righteous desire of the father, of the parent is that that child knows what the consequences of disobedience are. Righteousness is the goal. Then too in the church, righteousness 
lives that adorn the doctrine of the gospel is what elders long to see. That's why sometimes discipline is is needed. Where there is a sin committed that brings discredit and shame upon the church and upon the gospel of Christ. Discipline. Not because in the eyes of so many unbelievers the church is all about power. I've heard it so many times knocking on people's doors. Two things come up. The church is about power. The, the few people keeping the, the, the church under their, their power. Or the second thing that people complain about is money and wealth in the church. It's all about money. They fail to understand and appreciate that that power is not in people. It's ultimately invested in Christ who has called people, men into office to promote righteousness. How about in society? Righteousness of the ruler. How we see power-hungry rulers who will keep power at all costs in our world today. When the righteous are in authority. Not when liberals or conservatives or when Democrats or Republicans, but righteous. Those who fear God and respect His law. That's the standard of righteousness. can make the case that when it comes to people who respect life who appreciate what a gift life is that that furthers everybody's life mothers lives families lives lives of the down and out and the disenfranchised who can't speak up for themselves, lives of the the very wealthy, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. It's good for a nation. It's good for an area. Because God is the righteous God who has given his law He delights to have his character reflected. With the upcoming midterm elections in the United States, oh, what a crucial juncture it is for that land. And how even we can pray to the God who has ordained authority, put people in office Cause them to be advanced if they are righteous, if they honor 
the one who has established authority. And how we should have our hearts humbled. We should bend our knees and confess that to us, we're groaning. That to us, it is a hard time with the powers that are over us, the authorities disregarding God and his law. To us belongs shame and confusion of face. And yet the Lord of Sabaoth reigns over it. So God ordains authority. Children, don't complain. When your parents say not to do something, they just might be protecting you from something that's very dangerous. Rather, thank God. For he gave you loving parents. He gave you elders in the church. He gave you leaders in society for your good. Secondly, Christ leads us to rejoice in authority. When I was growing up, it was always one of the first things to look forward to is to be out from under your parents' roof, to leave the home, and to be able to experience freedom, to be able to find your own way and live your own life. How wrong this is so often. We are fed. Day in and day out is, is the best thing for you is what you want to be. Don't let others tell you. Don't let the church tell you. You don't need to fit into a mold. But when the Lord Jesus worked by his spirit in my heart and saved me one of the things that I came to appreciate more and more was how authority was really one of the greatest blessings I grew up with structure accountability and the thing is is that under service to Christ Authority is not a burden. It's not a heavy weight that is threatening to crush you. Authority is something you can rejoice in. That I show love, honor, love, and faithfulness to my father and mother and all those in authority over me. How? How can we love and honor and, and be faithful? Well, the answer is that they have been given to you by Christ. Christ has seen fit to give us the parents we have not to keep us from joy or to keep us from 
the blessings of this life, but to be used by him to train up their children in the way they should go. Christ leads us to rejoice in authority because he is the source. In heaven, he works through his servants here below. But more than that, not just Christ as the giver, but Christ himself was under authority. He was the only begotten son and he was the one who out of any could say I am God of God I am the one who was with the father eternally but he placed himself as the suffering servant as the faithful son in all the father's house under the will of his Father. I delight to do thy will. And you see, it's in his willing obedience that the obedience of children today can be lighter and be encouraged and be joyful. Children, you fail. You disobey. I failed. I disobeyed so many times. And we need to confess that to God. Forgive me for disobeying mommy and daddy again. Forgive me for not doing what I was told again. But then remember that there is one who never had to pray that prayer. Children, you know what Jesus did even at the cross? From the cross, when he was hanging there, saving his people, woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. He was honoring his mother from the cross as the obedient Son of God. <clears throat> he fully honored his mother. And that's where you and I can go to for grace and mercy. When we fail, we can go to the Lord Jesus who fully obeyed this commandment. And today, Christ is in heaven. What do we call the Lord Jesus? King of kings. Lord of lords. He is over all. He has that name that is above every name. He is above all earthly powers. And what hope this gives to us. That the ultimate one who is in authority of whom the early church apostles could say we will not cease to teach and to preach in the name of Jesus Christ 
because he is sovereign. And our consciences are bound to him, first of all. From heaven, Christ applies his authority sweetly, graciously. Not by thundering forth and shaking the earth and having sinners cry rocks fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. That time will come. That time will come. But now he is patient. He calls us to pray for those in authority over us that we might lead quiet and peaceable lives. But we must bend the knee before him. We must call others to bend the knee before him. Because he will hold them, he will hold us to account. Christ leads us to rejoice. Believer, your heart can be full of gratitude for the gift of authority. Christ gives those who are in authority over us. Christ himself was under authority. And he fully obeyed this commandment. And Christ will hold to account. Oh, rejoice, dear believer. That there is nothing coming your way ultimately for which Christ has not made provision for. He's provided for everything. It's all under his control. And you can rest in evil days in his gracious care. Lastly, the spirit works submission. And here is where the challenge is. You're so wrong. So many of these laws are so ungodly, so unbiblical. The Catechism says that I submit myself with proper obedience to all their good teaching and discipline and also that I be patient with their failings. Submission. Bending ourselves underneath. It's like that dog, my dog that I called submitting to rather than going off and playing with these coyotes to his own danger, coming back, hearing the voice and coming, re, being retrieved instantly. It was for his good that he submitted to my calling him out. How does this submission work? How are we brought to submit ourselves to their good teaching, but also to be patient with their failings? Let me mention two things. The first is that this submission doesn't, it doesn't agree with or condone ungodly, unbiblical, 
legislation or lives or rules. This submission grieves greatly. This submission has its heart broken and as it were tears flowing out of need and out of desperate concern. We don't just blindly follow ungodly rulers. Our hearts break and we cry out, Lord, how long? This is not under your blessing. The promise of the fifth commandment is that they might live long in the land which the Lord, their God, is giving them. And we know that with, with our situation, the patience of God is being tested. God could bring vengeance, righteous punishment upon us. Oh, this posture of deep humility, brokenness. Sometimes I think that we are too untouched with the plight, the problem that we're in. I think we can separate ourselves and say, yes, this is not us. But in a sense, it is us. Because we're involved with the common lot of humanity. Oh, we should cry in utter humiliation. Lord, be merciful. Lord, be patient. Lord, don't hold our sins against us in judgment, but have mercy. But then the second thing of how the Spirit works submission is that the soul who appreciates authority knows that God that the sovereign God will accomplish his purpose we don't know what that purpose is we don't know how wicked ungodly legislation and how the Offensiveness of our society. But God knows. And God's purpose will be accomplished. He remains sovereign over the affairs of people. And what we know will happen is this. That those who are wicked, who harden their neck, who continue in their stubborn ways, will be destroyed. God will judge the nations. God will bring the fool to their rightful end. 
But at the same time, God will save his people. There will be a humble, obedient people looking for and longing for the salvation of our God. Even now. So we can honor those in authority even when we profoundly disagree by being humiliated and crying out in desperation. Oh Lord, turn us. Oh Lord, overthrow the ungodly agendas. Cause the word of God to shine forth again as a light. And we submit his ways, his means are far above us. May he do as it seems fit in his own eyes. My dog, I don't know what could have happened. But I thank the Lord that he was spared. How much more valuable are not you children? Appreciate, thank God for your mommy, daddy, for your elders, for your teachers, for those in your city who care about you. God uses them for your good. And most of all, let us look expectantly for the lasting reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. When he will bring his enemies into judgment. But his people will forever be glad. Because then the righteous one, the Lord our righteousness, Jehovah Tzikenu, will be all and in all.